thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. that. But is it true, people? Share this out, okay, everybody? All right, we got a good interview showing for you. This is tied into uh, the news, by the way. All right, sing it with us, right? God's not dead, people. Oh, he ain't. <laughs> I think I'm a middle-aged woman rocking out to God's not dead. <laughs> hey, but you know what? He isn't. 
God is not dead. Uh, you know, there, there are some people um, who purport to be God or they act like God or they think that they're God, but, you know, those people aren't God. Only God is God. And um, God definitely is not dead. So what we're going to do tonight is we have, um, I have a great short little interview that I did earlier this week with uh, Trent Shelton, who is a retired NFL player. Uh, he just um, published a brand new book called Straight Up. Uh, this guy, I honestly didn't even know who he is. I'm just being honest. I did not, I had no clue who this guy was. <laughs> Over my head. But then I read his bio. I read what he was about. I surveyed my Facebook friends. So many of you guys knew who he was. So I was like, okay, why not? I'll have this guy on our show. And um, so I interviewed him earlier this week. And the 10-minute interview that I did with him was so good that I actually want to read his book. So what we're going to do is we're going to play that in a little bit. I think the first thing um, I want to cover, though, is I want to cover this news story that's happening in California. And, you know, I love California, okay? I grew up there. I was there when I was seven years old. And I grew up there. I got saved in California. Yeah. Can anybody really get saved in California? Lots of people do. In fact, California, in case you don't know, has a very huge, rich Christian heritage uh, all, all up and down California. There, there are monuments. There are cities named after, you know, people of faith. And, you know, Greg Laurie, he has the Harvest Crusade coming out of California. There, there, are, there are so many mega churches. The Jesus Movement started in California uh, with Calvary Chapel. And, you know, the Vineyard Movement was in California. <laughs> it's like, hello. So California by and large, has a pretty big-sized population of believers. Uh, and right now, Governor Newsom, uh, who many are calling Gruesome Newsom, which I think is kind of disrespectful, but, you know, what he's doing is um, not good. Yeah, he's trying, he's, he's, he's doing some stuff. So let's talk about what Gr Governor Newsom is doing. Uh, I want to read you this article. I'm just trying to find it. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where it went. There it is. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I have I have all these things here. So I actually have a couple of articles that I got sent from law offices. So let's, let's, this, is, this first one, Randall doesn't have this. I'm just going to read it from the email that I got. Um, this comes from the law office of Tyler and Bursch. They're lawyers and advisors. And um, they're with the... the Advocates for Faith and Freedom, which happens to be a group of attorneys. Faith and freedom. I do. God and country, too. Yeah. Well, anyway, they happen to be a, a Randall started singing. So like, did you hear that? OK, anyway, um, they happen to be a, um, Advocates for Faith and Freedom is a law firm or a law agency, nonprofit, whatever, that actually um, goes ahead and. They defend these type of cases for free uh, because they are, they get grants and they get a lot of people donating money to them to help these attorneys defend these churches and these other situations for free. And by the way, speaking of that, breaking news, I have two good news stories in case you didn't already see them on my Facebook page. We are now officially nonprofit. So that means you can give us all your money <laughs> and get a tax break. Yay! So Heart Tongue International, which is the which is the nonprofit name, Bible News Radio is under that. Um, we are now nonprofit for real. I got the paperwork. In fact, let me tell you, it's right here. This is it. This is my nonprofit paperwork. Got it. We are so happy. It's it's. I'm gonna cry. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna cry. But it is so cool. So. Um, so our website is updated now with the new link for it. So if you want to donate to our show, you can. And it's nonprofit. Yes, you, it's a tax break. You you will get a tax break. So I'm happy about that. Okay. And then the second good news 
uh, if you didn't read about this, um, is that, you know, many of you know that my dad was exposed to a nurse who came in who was exposed to COVID-19. Um, and um, anyway, she got her test back and they told me today it was negative. So, so that's good. Now, my dad is sick. <clears throat> He's not calling himself sick. Uh, in fact, he would tell me I was lying right now <laughs> if I told you that. But he's got a, a mucusy cough. Uh, yeah, but he's in good spirits, all things considered. Um, he's he's doing pretty good, all things considered. He doesn't have a fever or anything. Uh, he's eating. He's him, his normal happy self. Uh, hasn't shaved in a few days, so he looked kind of scruffy when I saw him. But uh, But thank you guys for praying for my dad and that nurse because, you know, that means that she doesn't have to be quarantined either and um you know all's good so thank you guys for that all right now let's look at this article judge ordered judges order immediately prevents pastor from holding indoor church services a ventura county superior court judge issued an emergency temporary restraining order today against god speak calvary chapel and its pastor rob mccoy by the way, I got to say something before I finish reading this. I read earlier today from one of my liberal Christian friends that they were saying, oh, all the Californians who are complaining that they can't worship in California, they're lying, blah, blah, and here's proof. They're not lying. In fact, the whole reason I played that song, God's Not Dead, is because when uh, David A.R. White made that movie, God's Not Dead 2, that whole film is based on actual cases that they looked at in order to even produce that film, in case you don't know. There's something like 40 cases or something like that listed at the end of that movie. Um, these cases have been going on for a very long time. The problem is, is most people don't know about it unless you're actually looking for it. This is so in our face now, especially in California. We need to be praying for, for believers in California. Frankly, I think there's going to be a big, huge exodus out of California uh, in the near future. I mean, I know people who are getting ready to leave California finally, finally, um, because of this stuff. But this press release goes on to say, the church has been holding indoor worship services, asserting its constitutional right to the free exercise of religion. The judge ordered the parties to return to court on August 31st, 2020, to argue whether a preliminary injunction should be issued pending trial. The church intends to present expert witnesses for the purpose of establishing that the state of California and the county of Ventura lack a compelling interest for the prohibition of indoor worship services. And the decision to prevent indoor worship services while allowing other indoor activities is arbitrary and without a rational basis. Godspeak Calvary Chapel will file a cross-complaint against both the County of Ventura, State of California, and the officials enforcing the orders. We believe the judge should have left the status quo and allowed the church to continue meeting until a full trial on the validity of the state and county orders could be conducted. With 7979... Seven, nine, COVID-19 related deaths and 7,953 confirmed cases in Ventura County. The risk of death from infection is effectively 1%. And even less those persons who have no underlying health conditions. However, as argued in our pleadings, if we factor the number of persons who like, likely had COVID-19 antibodies who didn't know it, the number of cases could be approximately 34,686 based on a USC study. This would mean that the actual rate of death for persons under 65 who contract COVID-19 could be as low as 0.043%. Meanwhile, knee replacement cause de causes death to approximately one in every 200 patients or a half percent of the patients. And then they cite an article for this. Is the state and county going to sue soon ban knee replacements or other elective surgeries that have death rates in excess of COVID-19? We believe that COVID-19 can be fought with far less restrictive measures than banning all healthy persons from church. And our expert witnesses will prove that. All right. So that's one article. 
let me read you another article coming another article coming right out of california here this is from matt staver of liberty council uh, who i've actually met numerous times um, at networking at, um, at the national religious broadcasters convention and other places now listen to this you guys pay attention to this okay listen up listen up i cannot believe i'm reading this okay this to me is if somebody told me that this would happen in my lifetime i would believe it but at the same time i'm not believing it because this is this is the hubris of the of the governor listen to this california officials have announced they will cut off water and power to anyone whether in a church or a private home who continues to worship or have bible studies and prayer gatherings i'm going to read that again just for fun california officials have announced they will cut off water and power to anyone whether in a church or a private home who continues to worship or have bible studies and prayer gatherings you guys what do you think of this i mean look at this california christians now have a choice serve the lord or have their basic utilities cut off what the heck hey are we like in communist china north korea no we're in america people los angeles city mayor eric garcetti the same mayor who applauded the bible burning marxists of portland oregon who were who are with black lives matters announced he will shut off water and electric services to any church or home that violates California Governor Gavin Newsom's outrageous no-worship orders. And now other mayors and officials are following the same course. You don't think voting at the local level matters? As it stands right now in California, Governor Newsom has banned all worship for 80% of the population, including home Bible studies and fellowship. For the remaining 20% of the population, you can meet in small groups, but cannot sing or chant. And this also applies in one's home if you have someone present who does not live there. So in other words, if I lived in California with Bareface and my dad came over, I could not sing a worship song or open my Bible and have a Bible study because my dad lives there with me or he doesn't live there with me. That is freaking insane. Bearface, you got a comment? I'm just thinking what a, what a case of having a book club at your house. Can't do that. And if you have a book club studying whatever book, Fifty Shades of Grey or whatever it is, and it happens to be someone's birthday, and you sing "Happy Birthday" to that person. Uh, you know, I guess you're all going to jail or fined or something because you've been singing and studying a book in someone's house. So, yeah, but this gets worse. Listen to this: violation of the no worship order may result may result in a criminal charge, quote, punishable by fine or imprisonment. Governor Newsom has also banned all forms of praise and worship singing. No matter how many people are gathered, amazing grace is out, and you cannot even pray with your neighbor. At the same time, Governor Newsom openly supports the state's protesters and rioters, saying, God bless you, keep it up. Violent Marxists continue to flood California streets and are now invading neighborhoods. And by the way, that is on purpose. I happen to know one of my listeners, I'm not going to say who it is because you know who you are and I don't even know if you're watching or not, but I have a friend in a different state who told me this. They know people who are working on police forces, let's just call it that, um, who have been studying and going on dealing with the whole issue of Black Lives Matters, okay? Um and it is intentional what they are doing they are trying they are releasing blm people these marxists in various states in america on purpose to increase the lawlessness that's in our country right this intentional racism all this stuff i mean this is all fabricated it's all intentional and here's the issue 
if you're somebody, and most of you who watch this, you're not, but if you know people who watch the mainstream media constantly, they're being brainwashed left and right, and they're being told certain things, they're being shown these images over and over and over again, and they're not thinking for themselves, they're not even looking at reality. You know, the reality is that this, this is intentional, what they're trying to do. And they're using fear tactics, intimidation, uh, and all this. And I guarantee you, I'm not a prophet, but I watch stuff. I guarantee you there's going to be a pastor that will be arrested. Whether it's John MacArthur, Jack Hibbs, this pastor I was just mentioning, or some other pastor who's continuing to hold their church service in California, they are going to arrest somebody. And what they're going to do is they're going to try to make an example of them. And then the wolves, you know, that are running the churches in California in particular, they're going to back down and they're going to shut the churches down again. That's what's going to happen. Or, or, this is my other preference, or what's going to happen is the believers in this state are going to, hit their knees, and they're going to pray, 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 and there's going to be a massive revival that's going to break out. And when that happens, the gates of hell, they're going to have to flee, just saying, because God's not dead, he's surely alive, and he is doing something. I, I believe, unfortunately, I hate saying this, I believe it's taken, th it's taken this to get the church awake in America. And I've said this for years, Christian persecution doesn't matter to people by and large in the church unless it's you being persecuted. So now California is suffering at the hands of their wicked government. The apathy of the Christians in that state who didn't go out and vote and Newsom got in as a result of that, they're paying for it, right? So that's let that be a lesson to the rest of the country. If you're one of these apathetic people, you don't want to vote because you don't believe in those are two evils or whatever. Well, guess what? Your vote matters. It votes, your vote matters more at the local level than it does at the national level. And if you don't believe it, look at what's going on in California. It's happening in other states, by the way. It's just not getting the press that California is because California is way bigger than most other states. So listen to this. It goes on to say, this is so outrageous that I'll say it again. California Governor Gavin Newsom has banned any Bible studies or worship in private homes. But because some California Christians continue to follow their consciences, obeying God rather than the governor, California elected officials and bureaucrats are doubling down on draconian enforcement measures. While Los Angeles Mayor Garcetti may have been the first to issue threats of utility shutoffs, he's not alone. Other cities are following his lead. This week, the mayor of yet another major California city delivered a cease and desist order to one of our clients, a well-known California-based prayer ministry. In a 7,000-square-foot building, they had only five people present for prayer when an inspector walked in. The order states, in no uncertain terms, that the prayer ministry must cease and desist all operations or face criminal charges and fines. And what does this mean for faithful believers worshiping, studying the Bible, or holding small groups in their own home? The same outrageous threats made against churches stand for individual homes as well. Because the governor has decreed Californians may not even worship in their own homes. And having just one person visiting your house, whether it is to pray with you in a time of trouble or to sit Shiva with the dead as Orthodox Jews do, or even just to study God's word together is now illegal. The United States of America was built on the precept of religious freedom. Yet now a pool of out of control Democrat governors who openly support Bible burning Marxist revolutionaries seek to undermine our Judeo Christian values and erase our unalienable right to religious liberty. Okay. <clears throat> in the 30 plus years, Liberty Council has been in legal ministry defending the First Amendment. This is what Matt Staver writes. I have never seen such outrageous attacks on religious liberty. This is not hyperbole, and I cannot stress this enough. By the way, this is bolded in, in the email. Religious freedom in America is under full attack. We must fight back. 
Liberty Council has filed five federal lawsuits against the governors of Maine, Virginia, Kentucky, Illinois, and California. In each of these states, governors and local officials have closed churches, squashed religious freedom, and criminalized Christian worship practices and beliefs. Okay, so listen, if you're in California, Virginia, Kentucky, Illinois, your religious freedom is like literally on the hook, right? Now, it also says this. Liberty Council is working to bring these cases to the Supreme Court of the United States so that we can set the precedent once for all that no governor will be able to ignore the fact that religious freedom is free in the United States of America. All right? And then it goes on to ask them for donations for this. But, Randall, what are your thoughts? I mean, can you believe this? Can you believe this is going on in America? I can. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's so hypocritical. It's, it's not even funny. I mean, the, the thugs protesting in the streets, you know, arm in arm, shouting, that presents more of a public health risk than people who voluntarily, through freedom of association, you know, gather together indoors. I mean, at least the risk is known there with people from out of state, these out of state, you know, paid rioters and stuff, hitting the streets and, you know, stirring up these crowds, whatever. Uh, you could work on that street. You could live on that street. You don't know. I mean, that's that's risky. That's a public health risk. People knowing, knowingly associating with people, a small, you know, in a smaller space, that's that's not a public health risk. That's an assumed risk uh, by the individual through freedom of association. Now, just so people know we're not making this stuff up, well, you're misreading blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's go over to the COVID-19 <clears throat> website for the state of California. And we read that places of worship must therefore limit indoor attendance to 25% of building capacity or a maximum of 100 attendees, whichever is lower. Okay, we'll see. They're letting churches meet. And singing and chanting activities must be discontinued in indoor services. So you can gather 25%, but you cannot sing uh, in indoor services. Okay, well, see, they're letting churches gather. Well, in counties on the county monitoring list for three consecutive days, places of worship must discontinue indoor services. Well, there's probably just like a handful of counties, right, that are on the county monitoring list for three consecutive days. This is the current county monitoring list in California. There are... So Orange County is on there. I yes, that. Orange, L.A., Riverside, you know, <laughs> Imperial, uh, places... With large populations, and and there's only 38 counties on here, and some of them aren't very populated, like Tulare and and Yolo, but Yuba, but yeah, I mean you've you've got with these 38 counties, you've got easily 90 percent of the state's population. They're on the monolith, therefore, indoor worship services of any kind are banned. And where they're not banned, you can't sing. Don't you dare sing. So now, here, here's the other thing, though, you guys got to think about, right? And we've talked a lot about this in the time we've done this show. Surveillance, right? Everybody knows about the app. We talked about that, about how the, the app, you know, tra tracking your COVID and all this other stuff. You know what? Smart everything. This phone has a microphone in it. Your phone you're watching me on has a microphone in it. You're being tracked, people. You're wondering, well, how can they enforce this? Well, guess what? Welcome to 1984. They can enforce it. They can figure it out. Let's put it that way. And, you know, we basically sold our privacy so that they could spy on us. Ultimately, we all got suckered into it 20 years ago, almost. Um, in particular, but do you want to show that too? Yeah, the the monitoring, just so I said, you know, about 90% of the states. <laughs> the yellow is the counties that are currently monitored. So Northern that California. That I've been on the monitoring list for three or more days. So Northern California, which is mostly liberal anyway. Yeah, and uh, sparsely <laughs> populated. Yeah. Nice. Pretty much, you know, 75% <clears throat> of the state... Um, 
there'll be no there'll be no religious there'll be no indoor services of any kind yeah well anyway so there you go so that's the that's the thing so now you have something to put on your prayer list okay you need to be praying and i need to be praying for the church well i mean we all need to be praying in general for the church because when one part of the body suffers we all suffer right California, you know, this old saying, if, as California goes, so goes the nation. Why do you think they're picking on California? That's why. And Kentucky. I mean, I'm surprised Kentucky is like next door to me here in Tennessee. So, and don't, don't ever forget the power of money, people. Hey, you greased my palm. You know what? I'll ban it in Texas, Tennessee, in Texas. Yeah, we'll ban it in Ohio. We'll ban it in Hawaii. I mean, come on. Give me some money. Money speaks, you know. It shouts. When you got uh, candidates spending millions of dollars on a campaign for a job that pays thousands, <laughs> you know, something's, Makes you something's up there that's just beyond the salary. Yep. I tell you what, Texas is actually, Aaron, by the way, I should say hi to some of you guys out there. Hi, everybody. But Texas, believe it or not, there's crap going on in Texas you probably don't know about. I've read some stuff, and if I were you, I'd be, I'd be very careful in Texas because they're coming after Texas, um, and, it's, and it's just not um, with, with these issues. So just because you live in Texas doesn't mean you're safe. And I'm just because I live in Tennessee doesn't mean I'm safe. I mean, but I, I do think Tennessee is, is more safer than California for the time being. So, all right, our show is half over. So let me go ahead and tell you we first thing I want to do is I want to uh, have Randall play this video of Trent Shelton. Uh, this will give you a little idea of who this guy is and... Um, and then I'll give you a little bit more of a bio and then we'll play the interview with him and, um, and then we'll, we'll go back right after that. So take it away, Bareface. Might want to bring up some volume, huh? as I can put it. Jealousy is real and loyalty is rare. It's crazy how you can be there for everybody, but when you need somebody, nobody seems to be there. You know, fake people don't surprise me anymore. Loyal people do. It's like, no matter how much you were there for their struggle, when you go through yours, don't be surprised when they forget about you. But that's life. No matter how good you are to them, doesn't mean they're going to treat you the same. Just because they mean that much to you, doesn't mean they're going to value you the same. It's always the ones that said they would never change. They end up being the main ones that change. They go from being real to acting strange. They go from giving support to giving pain. It's insane how you can do so much for a person, and yet they still feel comfortable talking down on your name. Like you wasn't the one that helped them get it right. Like you was the one that sacrificed so much for their life. But people tend to forget about the favors when they become haters. And just like that, they'll switch up on you overnight. They'll go from talking to you to talking about you. They'll try to throw dirt in your name to stain your character. So before a stranger even gets to know you, they already start to doubt you straight up. With no hesitation, they'll try to ruin your reputation by creating false accusations just to benefit their situation. As you can see, sometimes it's the ones you cut for that turn out to be cutthroat. And sometimes it's the ones you think you see eye to eye with turn out to be the ones you gotta watch the most. Trust me, just because they close, they can still be far for real. And it's sad when it's the same ones that you would give your life for, for money, for fame, for any gain, they'll set you up to have you killed for real. So understand, when loyalty is in return, that bridge has to be burned. Don't let it take someone showing you multiple times that loyalty is not their top priority for you to finally learn. So if you always got to question their loyalty, then maybe it's time for that chapter to be closed. And never forget this fact about life. 
someone's loyalty is just something that you can't control. Like I said in every single video, it all starts with you. It's rehab time. Let's get it. Tag two people to this video that you know is loyal for real. Straight up. Which works better for getting rid of Straight up like that. All right, so Trent Sheldon, if you don't know, he is a former NFL wide receiver who's now considered one of the most significant speakers of his generation. He's a young person, people. <laughs> He's known for being the most impactful speaker and is ranked one of the top influencers in the personal development space. He has a large social media following with 11 million on Facebook, 1.9 million on Instagram. It's actually 2 million now. I looked that up. Uh, you can follow him at Trent Shelton. Uh, he reaches 50 to 60 million followers of all ages each week with his hugely popular videos and messages about relationships, personal success, life, and faith. And it says here he aspires to promote positive change in others through his various social media platforms, as well as traveling the world, speaking to people about how to create lasting change in their lives and reminding them that there is hope for a brighter future. He's a best-selling author, has, has written five books, previous books, Inner Circle, You're Perfect for the Heart That's Meant to Love You, See My Heart, Not My Past, Breaking Your Own Heart, and The Greatest You, which I haven't read any of them, so I can't like actually confirm how great they are. <laughs> but I believe they are based on what this guy's, what we just talked about, me and him. But his newest book, Straight Up, was actually released three days ago, August 4th. Uh, you can get it at Amazon. After I talk to him, I'm definitely going to get a copy of it. I think you'll enjoy our conversation that we had just a couple days ago. So I'm going to go ahead and roll that footage. Just so you know, at one point, I think this was a pretty early in the morning interview. I think he was out running or exercising or something during the interview. Uh, and so it gets broken up. A little bit in the beginning of it but it will clear up so don't freak out don't go I can't hear it you know blah blah I already know there's nothing I could do about it um, and I did tell him that you know when it was breaking up I did tell him so I think he stopped um, but um, it's about 10 minutes so kick back share this out if you don't mind and let's listen to what Trent said to me earlier this week after I turn the volume up that way uh, I, that way and, and I will stop this Let's see here. I gotta stop that so that that doesn't go over this. Okay, all right. Let me go ahead and find my thing here. All right, ready? Here we go. Oh wait, <laughs> my my audio got turned down again. I gotta turn that back up. Okay, let's try this again. Welcome, Trent, to the show. Glad that you're here. This is uh, Bible News Radio, and um, you know I'm happy to introduce you to our audience. You know we have a little bit older audience than. Than most of the people I think you reach out to. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, for sure. So um, I grew up just, you know, being an athlete. I mean, my whole entire life since I was four years old, that was my identity. Uh, growing up in Louisiana, then we moved to Texas where, I mean, sports is everything. So I was blessed enough to get a scholarship to Baylor, and then I wasn't drafted to the Indianapolis Colts. And my NFL career was about three years, uh, getting cut and released over and over and over again. It was just really tough. I uh, mentally, physically, I uh, grew up in a two-parent household with two older brothers when I was four years old. That was my good part of my life. Uh, I grew up in uh, the hard times of kind of where it's a backbone because everything that I knew was taken away from me. You know, losing that lady to watch today, which is a motivational speaker, author, and just rehab time. Yeah, you're really cutting out pretty bad here. Can you say the last part again? Yes. Um, with yeah. uh, the part, oh, can you hear me good? I can hear you now, yeah. Okay. Um, so right now I'm just a motivational speaker, author, uh, influencer, if you want to give me that title, and that's what I do. All right, awesome. So, so you got a new book coming out, and, um, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about it. Tell us. Tell us what it is. Yeah, so the new book is called Straight Up. Uh, it's my second book. Last year, I released The Greatest You. This book is targeted to young adults, but I'm always 
scary about saying that because literally um, it's for everybody. But I want to write a book that when I was younger, I just wish I had some straight up talk that would help me in situations that are not just your normal situations. And so I'm talking about mental health. I'm talking about, you know, pain, suffering, your environment, your friends. And so my goal, obviously I have the word rehab as my organization. My goal is to put kids in prehab so they don't have to rehab from certain things in their life. Oh, that's cool. You know, I'm actually a retired marriage counselor. So I worked a lot with, with the youth and definitely addicts in particular. Um, and, and I think, I think I like, I love that prehab thing. That's very cool. Okay. So one of the things that, you know, I see here in your book, um, is that one of your lessons is burn some bridges. And when I, when I read about that, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's like spot on. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, people say, you know, don't burn bridges. And I agree with that to a certain extent, but there's certain things in your life, whether it's people, you know, when people hear they think people, but it can be people. Um, it could be habits. It could be, you know, a certain mindset that you have. And so there's things in your life or been in your life. If you've got to really dig deep, that's led you to a lesser version of yourself, right? That's kept you from actually elevating your life. It's kept you from feeling peace, kept you from feeling freedom. And the longer you keep those bridges, which I call connections in your life, it's very hard to get the life that you want. And so there's certain things, um, there's certain bridges that have to burn because there's certain things your life cannot afford to go back to. So once you identify that, you have to do the work of burning those bridges. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's so true because, you know, even in the Bible, you know, as God was dealing with Sodom and Gomorrah, he told Lot not to look back. And, uh, <laughs> And we know what happened when his wife did, right? <laughs> right exactly. Uh, um, one of the other things, too, is, you know, you, uh, you write about um, loyalty being rare. Tell me a, tell me a little yeah. bit about that because I, you know, I've often heard people say, hey, you know, if you're lucky to get one good friend in life, then you're really, really blessed. And you're considerably younger than me, and I think what, you're, what you have to say here is pretty good, so. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, I think growing up, you think the bigger the circle, the better. Um, And, you know, for some people, that's true. You know, I want that to be true. But I've learned it's not about the size of the circle. It's about the loyalty that's in it. I mean, you have a, even from sports, you know, or you have a a good tight circle that's two or three people, or if it's 10 people, and you have that loyalty, that means selflessness, that you're looking out for the other person, you're giving what you wish you wish, wish, what, excuse me, what you wish to receive. And so many people don't live by that code, right? So many people want to receive, but they don't want to give. And so if you can find people that you know will have your back, that you know will stand up for you when you're not standing up for yourself, that will defend your name because you will do the same for them, that's, that's a great environment to have in your life. Um, and just knowing that, you know, if I really hit rock bottom, I got some people there for me. Yeah. I like, your, I like the point, too. When it gets real, you're going to see who's real. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can tell you, I've just seen that. And I, you know, I had somebody in my life who was like, yeah, I got your back. I'm doing this, blah, blah. But, you know, when the, no, when the, you know what hits the fan, you know who's there, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about red flags in relationships, because obviously that goes hand in hand with the whole loyalty thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, oftentimes, you know, I just made a video on my hike today about this, you know, oftentimes we are blind to the reality because of what we want to see, right? We're, 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 we're living in hope so much. I hope this changes or we're living in the potential of a situation so much that you're not really understanding the reality. And I'm a firm believer in people will change. I'm a firm believer in giving multiple chances, but you have to sometimes ignore what you feel and remember what's real in your life. And oftentimes if we're not like programmed by thinking like that, we'll miss red flags left and right until it gets to a point where our life is in destruction. It's like driving down the street. You know, if you, if a sign says dead end or cliff a hundred feet ahead and you ignore that sign, it's going to be a pretty bad scene. And it's the same thing with life. I mean, when somebody has shown you over and over and over, you know, how they feel about you, if they're not loyal, what it is, and you're choosing to believe something different, then it's on you then. I always say, then you're breaking your own heart instead of somebody breaking it for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so true. And it's, I think that's very wise of you to say that, you know, and you also talk about change. And I, I have to tell you, I am a, uh, 
one of my one of my buttons is people who are stuck. I just want to smack them. I mean, I'm just being honest, right? I'm just being real. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to, especially if they say that, hey, you know, I want change. I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then you try to coach them and you, you know, and they, and they don't do anything. Um, you talk a little bit about that in your book about being consistent, being how to change is by being consistent, consistency equaling trust. Please elaborate on that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's part of my steps I call championship mindset. And, uh, you know, just being around, whether it be athletes or, you know, speakers, authors, I mean, people in my life that I feel like are champions, they have those five traits. And that main trait or one of the main traits is consistency. I mean, when you're consistent, you become reliable. When you're reliable, you become trustworthy. The reason I'm able to do this interview right now is that I've been consistent for the last decade in my message. And people, um, they overlook or they don't value consistency enough because, Consistency is often the small things, right, the small habits that we're, we're so wrapped into instant gratification that if we don't, you know, get what we want tomorrow or next week, then we go back to our old habits. And so one of the things that I've learned that's helped me with consistency is focusing on the trajectory of my life, not the end result. So if I know that I'm, you know, out here running today, I know I'm not going to be in shape or lose the weight, you know, by tomorrow, but if I know if I keep showing up, eventually, you know, I'll get to the place where I want to be. So consistency makes you legendary consistency makes you trustworthy amen well being in sales my other job what i can tell you is that's wholeheartedly correct and you you already know that <laughs> and I, I will tell you that's one of the mantras on the i'm on a daily call every day with with 40 other people and one of the things that they always say is is just show just showing up is, is the beginning right you just got to show up to do it even if it's uncomfortable absolutely pick that phone up show up Go to the gym, show up. I'm an avid pickleball player. I show up. Today, I'm going to be doing that right after I get off this call. I'm going to play pickleball. I'm going to practice my third shot drop. You know, it's just doing it over and over and over again. Um, and, uh, and Absolutely. I think, I think that's pretty cool. So um, your book, Straight Up, is going to be released August 4th. We're recording this on the 3rd. Uh, I would love for you to tell people where they can get it. Yeah, for sure. So you can go to straightupbook.com. You can go to Amazon. It's going to be at the major retailers, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Target. I believe it's carrying it also. So, if you just search for it, um, it will pop up, and I would appreciate it. And if I will say this, if it's not for you, maybe it's for somebody that you know. You know, maybe it'll be a good gift for going back to school for these kids, or maybe you know for your nephew or your daughter or your son, just another voice, another perspective that might you know really touch their heart. Yeah, I think that's so cool, and I just want you to know that um, you know I told my audience that you were coming on, and and the feedback that I got was great and i know they're excited to to hear this interview that we've done um and so oh that's that's awesome yeah hey well you know what hey i i don't know everybody in the world <laughs> but <Right. laughs> when i when i threw out who you were i i didn't know who you are i'm just being honest right but when i said your name a whole bunch of my fans knew who you were and so i'm like yay this guy's awesome and then i looked at your youtube channel tell everybody where that is so they can check it out yeah, if you just go to YouTube, Trent Shelton, and any social media, you just put in my name, Trent Shelton, uh, I'll pop up. All right, cool. All right, well, hey, you know, I respect time, so uh, I know our time's up, but just uh, want to say thank you for what you're doing. Keep on doing the good work. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for sharing your platform with me. I truly appreciate it, and keep impacting lives. I will. You too. All right, there you go. I had to turn my mic back up because – my husband likes to turn my mic down because when I make noise, it bugs him. Yeah, it does. So, uh, so, <laughs> Randall, that was your first time hearing that, wasn't it? Yes, it was. That was. What'd you think? What'd I you guys think. think? Did you like it? Did you like that interview? It was short and sweet and to the point. Both. Gonna pop over see what other folks are saying here. I don't see any comments at all. Nope. Uh, of course there's gonna be a little bit of a delay. Yeah. Well, we don't have much time left of the show anyway. True. But um. <laughs> yes. No. Maybe so. Okay. Uh, unrelated comments. Oh. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's great to hear. I don't know. I suspect he's. In his 30s, perhaps? Either that or mid-20s. I'm not really sure. Aaron, what do you know? 
Aaron, thinking, Aaron says I like him a lot and have followed him for years. So I was thinking maybe early 30s and and smart to get out of the NFL when he, he did. It was uh, not, great. Luke says it was great. Yay! Yeah. Not not because the NFL is terrible, you know, picking an E all that's a whole nother uh thing, but uh you know, it's 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 not a long term career. It's hard on your body. And yeah. and you know, those who ride it out to the end, you know, just deal with uh just physical problems, uh, you know, later in life. So was so, it, Luke, was it great because of me and the great questions that I asked skillfully? Or was it great because you're already a fan of him? And you... <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, actually, I'm not. Not completely kidding. 35. Okay. He's, he's, okay, he's 35. Yeah, so, hey, he, he's 17 years younger than me. Yeah, so... so, just saying. 17? Well, I'll be 52. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. 21 years younger than I am. You're old. That's why. I am. But, uh, <laughs> but I like that, um, especially in these days of weirdness. <laughs> just, there's so many things you can say. It's not just the pandemia. It's just uh, not just fake news. It's just, it's just not the cheapening of human life and and... Uh, superficial relationships and stuff like that. There's a whole litany of things that he's speaking, you know, the things I heard in the interview, he's speaking some important truths. You know, especially that uh, YouTube video that kind of went into depth about loyalty. And, um, yeah, lo loyalty is rare. And, and, you know, especially as believers, you know, love hopes all things, bears all things, believes all things. And that doesn't mean you kick someone to the curb, uh, you know, but if they're untrustworthy, you don't hold them close. Right. I mean, 1 Corinthians 5, you know, anyone named a brother who is a liar, an extortioner, you know, a, you know, a fornicator, the list goes on. You know, this is do not fellowship, neither eat with such a one. The, they're not supposed to be kept close. They're not supposed to be part of the fellowship of believers. If they call themselves a believer and they're habitually not <laughs> behaving like one, then they don't belong in the fellowship. And that's hard for us because we want to be, you know, we consider it Christ-like to be more gracious and give grace grace. But something I learned, uh, in, as you know, in the sales program that I recently went through at the beginning of this year, Something that came out of that was hire slow, fire quick, and mm -hmm. and that and that there's a good you know guideline for our lives as well, our associations, our friendships. Hire slow, you know. Let let people in slowly. Don't trust people with you know a lot. Begin. Let them earn your trust. You know. Let them prove themselves loyal, and if they prove themselves disloyal, you know. It, you know, if, yeah, to come back for forgiveness, how many, you know, Peter said, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Uh, up to seven times. And the Lord said, no, up to 70 times seven. But there's, you know, there's, you know, uh, there's a difference between repentance and remorse. Uh, you know, repentance is change of mind. And you can, you can see repentance. I mean, I think genuine repentance is, um, but there's neither, <laughs> certainly if there's neither repentance nor remorse, uh, you shouldn't wait 70 times 7. Uh, offenses, uh, it, with that, that guideline that the Lord laid down, is if, you know, 7 times in a day, your brother repents, you know, forgive. Uh, but if there's no repentance, there's no reason it should go on 7 times. I mean, you know, 3 strikes is, is the law. In some places, and you know, we wanna we wanna believe the best, but um, we need we need to burn bridges, like you said. That doesn't mean burn people. Mm -mm. I just you know just uh, sever the inroads of those connections. Yeah, just saying. Well, you know what's really sad is that. Um, 
you know, if you were to listen, if you listen to Trent, he kind of sounds cynical. Like, you know, peep, nobody's loyal, right? But the Bible mm -hmm. says that, you know, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother mm -hmm. and that's the Lord. That's it, you know, and if you're lucky to get a really good close friend in life, you're, you're lucky. I mean, you really are. There are many people who, um, you know, who will say that they're, they're your friend, but, but when it all comes down to it, they're not, you know, and, and it bothers me. I mean, I'm the type of person who will genuinely stick by somebody until you put your knife in my back numerous times and lie to me over and over again. If you, if you do that, that's a freaking deal breaker for me. And Randall can tell you how much crap I put up with certain people. And it's like, you know, and, and, you know, it's interesting. I had this situation at pickleball this, this past week. Um, you know, some friends, me and some friends play and, um, and, you know, there's different level of player, right? There's beginner, there's, you know, am, there's intermediate, there's more skilled or whatever. And me and a friend of mine were playing pickleball with another two friends who, and one of them is, was brought into the game recently. And she is an older lady who doesn't move as quick. She's more of a beginner, um, even though she's not really a beginner, but she doesn't move fast because so, she's pretty old, right? So no offense. <laughs> It's not that you're old. I mean, we all know that you're older, okay? So we're all old, okay? But the point is, she's not as fast as me and this other guy is. Well, the other guy graciously came to me and the other partner and said, I'm not really, I'm not being challenged. And he felt bad, right? And I felt bad because I'm not being challenged either. And it's not as fun for me to play people who aren't as up at the same level as me. Because it really does impact your game. Well, anyway, long story short, we felt bad because we didn't want to hurt that person's feelings. That's why we both felt bad. But like I told him afterwards when we were talking together privately, I said, look, you know, one thing I've learned, and if you're younger, by the way, take this as advice from an older woman who's been there. One thing I've learned is that if you care more about other people's feelings and you continually dismiss your own needs and wants, then a few things are going to happen. You're going to become resentful or you're going to become a doormat. And that's not good for anybody. And it's okay to have your needs. And the, the problem with codependency and people who tend to be codependent of I am, am one um, is that you don't put your needs first. You're trained to put other people first. And it's not wrong to put your feelings and your needs and your wants first, as long as it's not to the narcissistic degree that some people tend to, right? I mean, it's so, you know, so I, I just encouraged my friend. I said, look, you know what? Let's do another game. We'll find some other players that are closer to our level. We'll play on a different day, and then we can still play with these other people on the other day. And that's basically what we did. We found a compromise. We found other players to play with, and we had a great time the following day playing a harder game. And we both got our needs met. We still met the needs of the older person who isn't quite up to speed yet. And it was great. It was great. It worked fine. But it's that feeling of... I shouldn't be doing this. But the reality is Jesus took care of himself. You guys remember when all the people were coming to him to get healed and he was like, well, basically, no, I'm tired, guys. I'm out of here. And the Bible actually says he went away to get away from everybody because he was done. <laughs> Let's not like talk about Jesus, though, because, you know, insignificant example in life, right? <laughs> Yeah, I do want to correct myself, Matthew 18. Okay. Uh, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times, uh, Jesus saith unto him, I say unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So there's no limit on the forgiveness, but forgiveness doesn't equal trust. Trust, right. Right. Um, we are to forgive, even those who don't just you know aren't seeking forgiveness or to give as he set that example on the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do um let that mind be in you which was also in christ jesus um 
but when it comes to you know that those those inroads actual relationship um looking at john chapter 2 verses 23 through 25 just read it. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men, and he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Um, you know, he didn't didn't commit himself, you know, for he, he knew what was in man. Um, and similarly, you know, hey, we're human beings. We we kind of know what human beings are like. And kind of. We need to be careful with our associations and our commitments. Yeah. Well, I want to close the show by sharing one other thing. Uh, many of you know last week we played a clip from, we actually played a movie trailer from the Agenda documentary. And I told you last week that I was going to be doing my best to get the guy that made that film on here. Well, luckily for me, I know what I'm doing most of the time when it comes to this. And I was able to connect uh, with him, his, his representative anyway. And um, we are going to be having him on at the end of the month. So if you guys have not yet seen the movies, there's two of them, agendadocumentary.com. Please go there. Check it out. Agenda, um, I think the first one's called Agenda Grinding America Down. And then the second is called Agenda 2 Masters of Deceit. Yeah, it is. So we're going to have um, Curtis on um, talking about those things. And we're going to be looking more into what some people would consider conspiracy, but it's really not. It's really, it's, it <laughs> really isn't. If you have your eyes open, it's, it's all there, out in plain sight, people. Um, but here's the thing. If you open the Bible, if you have the Holy Spirit residing in you because you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you've asked him to come into your life, the Holy Spirit's going to open up your eyes as you read the Bible and you're going to begin to understand it in a way that you maybe never have because you're not born again yet. But if you are born again, the Bible has talked about all of this stuff, which reminds me, I have a Bible study coming up Tuesday night. We're continuing in the book of Jude. If you want to join me on Zoom, this is a Zoom Bible study. It's live. Uh, then let me know. Hit me up. I will put you on my email list. I'll email you the Zoom link at 7 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday. It's an hour study. Uh, you're welcome to come to it. We're looking at the book of Jude, which is about the acts of the apostates, about the end times church, really. So uh, we're going to be looking at that. And I'd love for you to, to do that. Also, I'd love for you to join my daily dis disciples group where I have every day I'm going in there reading something out of the Bible. In fact, I want some people, if you're in my daily disciples group, I want you, I want to build the leader here to, I want you to come into that group and pick a day where you can read a psalm and you can be a leader and read that psalm for everybody and share a thought that you have from it, right? Let's read the Word, the word of God together because it's more fun reading it together. And I have a cat. Can you hear, you hear my cat? I fed him. I did. What is his issue? Well, anyway, <laughs> Gideon is making his voice heard. <laughs> But anyway, you can join the Daily Disciples group by just going search groups or message me. I'll send you a link to it. Uh, and don't forget, also get on my text message list. That's where I communicate with everybody. Text 33322, I think it is. Uh, text Bible News 33222. And lastly, but certainly not least, if you like what we do and you want to support us with a financial donation, it is now tax deductible. Which is super awesome. Retroactive so, to June 24th. You can actually go to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. And the PayPal button is right there. Just donate away. And it's tax, de tax deductible. Um, so we need your tax deductible donation. So <laughs> feel free to give today. All right. So tomorrow night uh, we are back. Same, same, same channels everywhere we go. So thanks for tuning in. Remember, as I always say, be bold. Stand up, people, and go with God because he loves you. We'll see you tomorrow.